good tune, man. I don't think so. Yeah, here we go. This song sucks. Talk about lame. <laughs> totally. You can change it if you want. I don't care. It's up to you. I can live with it if you can. Suit yourself. Welcome, everyone, to another special bonus patron-curated episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. You guys know what this is now, right? We have patrons of the show, and every once in a while we have a patron episode where they uh, we pick a theme, and the patrons send in their submissions, and they introduce a song that fits the theme. And it's a lot of fun. And if you want to become uh, part of all this fun, all you got to do is become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. The theme this uh, for this one is that one song by that band artist I don't really care for got me high. And I think people had a lot of fun with this. You know, originally I was thinking uh, that one song by that band I hate, but I didn't want to say I hate because, you know, as we get older, I think I think a lot of us, when we're younger, we just, we have these bands that we hate. Oh, I hate that band. But then as you get older, you realize, well, I don't really hate them maybe, but it's just not a band that I care for, not my cup of tea. And we learn, uh, you know, not to give other people such a, such a hard time because everyone can like whatever they like, right? So that's why I just said, but maybe, you know, there's bands obviously that, that maybe we're not crazy about, we'd stay away from, but there's this one song by them that you hear or that you heard uh, on the radio or just been passing and you just can't help it. You just like that one song. So that was a theme. I think everyone did a really great job with it as usual. And uh, there's some surprising picks, some picks I'm sure you'll agree with, some picks you'll go, oh my God, how do they not like this artist? And as usual, I will uh, chime in at the end with my own pick and some of you some of you who know me uh, won't be surprised, some may be surprised by it, whatever, you know. But without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to my wonderful patrons. Enjoy. Hey Rob, it's Steve Mitchner calling. Let's see, a song by a band that I don't like, but I really like the song. First thing that came to mind was one day I was sitting in the dentist chair getting my teeth cleaned and a song came on the stereo there and I really liked it. I had no idea what it was, but maybe it was because I was in a weak, you know, vulnerable spot. But uh, I asked the hygienist what it was and she actually went to the front desk and had the gal look it up. Um, and see what was playing, and it turned out to be Coldplay and their song Viva La Vida. Now, I had always considered Coldplay to be a second-rate uh, U2 and uh, more earnest than Bono and Company, if that's possible. Uh, but I have to say, this is a great song by a band that I really can't stand anything else by. I used to 
kiddos it's todd nolan from nashville tennessee and i'm here to declare that the song that unfortunately gets me high despite the overwhelming fact that i really can't fucking stand its creator is stranglehold by the motor city madman himself ted nugent it was the first single released off the nugent's self-titled debut 1975 album and it is an epic eight-minute guitar-driven groove that I often try to imagine is not actually Ted Nugent, but maybe perhaps Ozzy or Foghat blasting through my fucking speakers. Anyone but him. It's one of those classic rock songs that brings me back to being a kid growing up in South Florida in the 70s. In fact, I can still feel the sun beating down on me and the breeze blowing through my hair as I cruise through the neighborhood on my Huffy with its red sparkle banana seat, all long while humming this infectious tune. It truly helps that Ted didn't sing the song himself, and left that duty to Derek St. Holmes, who also sings lead vocals on a couple of the other songs on the album. The guitar solo was apparently recorded in one single take, and the producer, Tom German, added a bunch of delays to make it sound like there were two guitars being played simultaneously. This really pissed Nugent off, despite the fact that he actually liked the final result. The song has been featured in multiple commercials, sporting events, and movies like Superbad and the classic Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. And Guitar World Magazine ranked it as the 31st best guitar solo of all time. But fuck all that. How about that driving bass line of the song's co-creator, Rob Grange? If it wasn't for his badass groove, 8 minutes and 22 seconds would seem like a long-ass motherfucking time to have to commit to indulging the pompous, teen-diddling Ted Nugent. And let me go on record to say that I am by no means a fan of Ted Nugent. Most of his shit really fucking sucks. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Wang Dang Sweet Boon Tang. But I had this album on cassette as a kid, and I spent a lot more time rewinding it back eight and a half minutes to listen to Stranglehold again and again and again than I did listening to whatever other songs were on this side or the other. Sure, Ted is a misogynistic, Islam-hating, right-wing, racist, homophobic, gun-toting, animal-killing douchebag whose self-indulgent songs reek of masturbatory drivel but fuck me if Stranglehold isn't one badass motherfucking song.
This is Jeff Greenstein with a song I love by a band I can't stand. I love to blow people's minds by playing them this track and challenging them to guess the artist. It opens with tribal drums and wailing, discordant guitar, then punishing, thundering power chords, then a vocal which sounds like, hate to mention his name, but Ted Nugent, and then, as it careens toward the chorus, it sounds like nothing so much as vintage Aerosmith. The fact that this song hails from 1972 is already a stunner, because it's at least 15 years ahead of its time. And who, you might ask, is the cutting-edge boundary-busting artist behind this molten metal gut punch? The Osmonds. The song is Crazy Horses. I love it. Ozzy Osbourne loves it. And if you stick it on your next party tape, it's bound to raise questions. Enjoy! like Scorpions, the band. In fact, I'm not much of a metal guy. Sure, I love Motorhead and Black Sabbath, but metal became a bit of a joke in my formative high school listening years. Hair metal was pretty much universally terrible, and even worse is the metal ballad. This is a genre of music that should never have existed, that contains some of the worst music ever created and sold to the American public through bands like Night Ranger, Motley Crue, and yes, the Scorpions. Most metal bands cranked out some halftime schmaltzy cheese during the 80s to milk this sad trend, and none of it appealed to me. At all. I love kick-ass music, but the vocal stylings of the pseudo-opera singers just grates me to no end. I think they're trying to sound like Ozzy, but Ozzy never really sounds like he goes into an emasculated falsetto like these guys. Maybe they're trying to sound like Robert Plant? I'm not sure, but whatever they're doing, it isn't working. Thankfully, Metallica came around in the late 80s to offer an alternative to stuff like this. Sure, they lost their way as superstardom was within their grasp. But early Metallica and Motorhead, that's music that punks could love. I would bet that most punks love Motorhead. During the early 80s, Scorpions were on MTV pretty frequently with a song called No One Like You. Due to a fairly well-done video of a man being taken to his execution and being read his last rites. So as much as most metal of the period left me cold or annoyed, this song is pretty catchy, and it's well-arranged. It comes out of the gate with the chorus minus the vocal line, 
It's a very simple rhythm guitar part with interplay with the lead guitar that offers some dynamic changes as the song quiets down for the verses. Even the guitar solo that comes in later seems like it serves the song rather than being an excuse for wanking, you know, where a lot of the metal songs it seems like they're just trying to play as many notes as possible. So it's catchy, it kicks ass, and it's the only Scorpion song I like. This is Brecha in Central Florida. And that one song by that band I don't like that got me high is by a band I feel inspired far too many halfway decent looking guys with shaggy wavy hair to call themselves poets because they were capable of stringing together three unrelated random words. Um, That band also inspired those same halfway decent looking now poet guys into purchasing a pair of leather pants and starting a terrible rock band. I am talking about The Doors. I don't have knowledge that this conversation happened. It's just plausible to me that it did, and it involves Anthony Kiedis and Flea discussing songwriting, and Kiedis says to Flea, probably, hey, we're a sleazy rock band from Los Angeles, and The Doors, they were a sleazy rock band from Los Angeles, and They sold millions and millions of records singing songs about California and L.A. all the damn time. So why don't we just steal that same damn formula? So, yeah, I blame The Doors for the terrible musical output of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That said, there is one song by The Doors that does get me high, and that song is Peace Frog. It's got one hell of a killer infectious groove, and I love that song, even though I do believe it was fodder for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Dead blood in the streets, it's up to my ankles. Feet blood in the streets, it's up to my knees. Feet blood in the streets, the town of Chicago.
Hey, Mr. Elba and TRGMHers. This is Corey DeBrowa, and that one song by an artist I really don't like, but it got me high anyway, is Kanye West's Heard Him Say from his 2005 sophomore release, Late Registration, which was produced in association with John Bryan and influenced by artists well outside the hip-hop sphere. So Portishead, Fiona Apple, you can make a stretch and even say the late experimental era of the Beatles. Like many of you, I look at the sort of repulsive caricature that Ye has become, and I'm, I'm sad about it. Uh, his most recent Netflix documentary, Genius, a Kanye trilogy, makes it pretty clear just how far he's fallen and the likely mental illness that has fueled at least part of that descent. But young Kanye was so truly genius, really genius, that he could even borrow an artist as thoroughly mid as Maroon 5's Adam Levine for a feature and inexplicably make it work. Uh, the sped-up Natalie Cole piano sample from someone that I used to love is also really inspired. Uh, it was initially a Bette Midler torch song. <laughs> so on paper, it doesn't work. It just does not work. But in the ears, it's really well and truly genius. Um, and Rob, for bonus, I would offer The Police's Mother as a song that I well and truly loathe by a band that I otherwise loved. Uh, it's an Andy Summers tune, and not to give the band's primary songwriter, Lord Sting, any more ego fuel than he likely already has, but Andy, you can definitely keep your day job, pal. All right, that record got me high. Hope you have fun with this one. song that gets me high by an artist that I don't necessarily like, which is a great idea for a show. I pick Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, who uh, is not necessarily my cup of tea, but this song, I can't help it. Whenever I hear it on the radio or whenever I stumble upon it online somewhere, it moves me. And I have to turn it up really loud, and I have to sing along to it, and it's cheesy, and everything about it is contrary to every other musical taste that I have. It's the worst of the 80s, it's excessive, it's schmaltzy, but it's beautiful. And so that's my pick, Total Eclipse of the Heart. It's a, it's a banger. Turn around, every now and then I get a little bit lonely, and you never 
never coming around Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit tired Of listening to the sound of my tears Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit nervous That the best of all the years have gone by Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit terrified And then I see the look in your eyes This is James in Baltimore. I had a professor in college who said that he had spent a long time thinking that he hated Catcher in the Rye, only to realize that he likes the book okay, he just hates the people who love it. I'm too old to hate bands, I think, and even when I indulged in that dubious pleasure, I think it was more about judging certain kinds of fans rather than disliking the music itself. It wasn't really the noodly jams that I didn't like about The Grateful Dead. I am a prog fan, after all so much as the terrible way that a certain kind of person would dance to them. Many of my friends who have good taste in music are Cure fans. I am not. I love me some morbid gloom, and the musical sophistication should be obvious to anyone, but The Cure just mostly doesn't move me anywhere that I want to go. I find Robert Smith's vocals warbly and yelpy, and his whole vampire meets smeared makeup crazy lady look fails to rock in any way by my admittedly narrow boomer cuspogenic standards. I heard Plain Song at some point in the 90s while I was getting busy with my then girlfriend. Arty and pretentious and vaguely classical sounding, it was right up my street. I am a prog fan after all. I was unable in the moment though to take note of the title of the only Cure song that I had ever liked, so I spent years trying in intermittently to track it down. While it wasn't before the internet for most folks, it was for me. I worked in kitchens in those days. I was thrilled then when it appeared in the soundtrack for Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette in the scene where Marie marries Louis. I like The Cure a little better these days, 
but Plain Song is still the only record of theirs that gets me high. Rob Tom Lard. Uh, this one was a tough one because you had to find an artist that you hated enough yet had one song that rose above it. For instance, being from Florida, I hate Jimmy Buffett. Most all of his stuff, just to be honest. And Come Mondays almost rose above it high enough for me to say, okay, this is an artist I really dislike and I kind of like this song. Not enough. So I picked those elegant bachelors, Stone Temple Pilots, an interstate love song. Um, when I look for a good song, I look for interesting chord changes, some vinegar in it, um, uh, fascinating vocals, uh, interesting lyrics. This song has none of that, yet it's still catchy. Um, it has a lyric that says, uh, I feel like a, a ham and mustard shake. Who writes that? But despite that, it's the one song I like about Stone Temple Pilots that rose above it. I don't really hate the band, I just dislike them. So, there it is. Hey Rob, 
Paul Marfleet here. The song I've chosen is I'm Against the 80s by Denim. Denim were a band I find it hard to like, despite the fact that lead singer Lawrence also fronted Felt, one of my favourite bands. The main problem I have with Denim is that the whole project has a whiff of novelty about it. It's hard to tell whether Lawrence is being sincere when he writes songs about liking the Osmonds and the Bay City Rollers, another trashy part of the 1970s culture, or whether he's just trolling his audience. That said, I do like I'm Against the 80s, the final track on the Back in Denim album. Lawrence tones down his 70s fetishization for once, and really sounds like he's speaking from the heart here. The song serves as a positive history of his career to date, band manifesto, and diatribe against the perceived shortcomings of the previous decade. It's both gloriously bitter and funny in equal measure, and a great way to end the album. So even though I don't dig denim, I do admire Lawrence for doggedly pursuing his vision in seemingly perpetual opposition to prevailing commercial trends. I'm against the 80s Don't care what you say I'm against the 80s GMHers, this is Dan Bonebreak from The Lightworkers. Now, one song that gets me high from the band artists that I really don't like is James Taylor's Your Smiling Face. This bouncy tune is driven by Leland Scholar's perfect bass performance, which is reminiscent of the Jackson 5's I Want You Back in the Verses and his timeless In the Air Tonight bass line for Phil Collins. The vocal, with its brilliant pop melody and falsetto mixed in, is JT's finest. I honestly can't stand his other work, and especially his soul-sucking covers of Buddy Holly and Marvin Gaye. Wait, can I say Marvin's name in Florida anymore? But this mid-70s pop song, an apparent ode to his daughter, is a total classic.
long before I met you Now I'm sure that I won't forget you And I thank my lucky stars That you are who you are And not just another lovely lady Sent down to break my heart Isn't it amazing a man like me Can feel this way Tell me how much longer Hey Rob, it's Steve in Chicago Driving around on a rainy day trying to think of a song that I like from a band that I hate. And the band that comes to mind for me is Steely Dan. Yes, I know everybody's going to tell me how talented and how unique they are. And they are. And they've written a lot of songs and they're commercially successful and critically acclaimed. But I just don't get it. And when they come on the radio, I get almost like this physical response to Steely Dan. You know that feeling you get when the 1877 Cars for Kids commercial comes on TV? Yeah. It's that same feeling. And I've often wondered, is it just me? All my friends seem to like this band. And I've heard stories of people that taste food differently or see colours differently or have a genetic disparity to tasting cilantro. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's a chemical kind of a thing. And what's even more remarkable is the song that I like has other elements that I would normally find very irritating, like A, classic rock bands from the 1970s trying to do reggae as easy listening songs, and B, voice box guitar solos that are completely over the top, of which there is an abundance of in this song. But it has a really, really nice chorus and a really big hook. So maybe that's it. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but let's sit back Let's drink the zombie from the cocoa shell and listen to Haitian Divorce by Steve Dan. Take care. It's your favorite alcohol-themed burner account, Margarita, beating out Ben Folds 5 and Imagine Dragons' is Coldplay with the song Fix You. There are so many kinds of hatred. In your Catherine Wheel episode, you guys discussed the band Bush, and to me, Coldplay and Bush are in similar categories. I like a few of their songs, but I can't really see myself listening to a full album. Um, I feel a little two-faced about this kind of topic because if it came down to it, I would see Coldplay 
play live, especially if it was in a good venue and all that. So mixed feelings about it, but enjoy. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Stuck in Streaming down your face When you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to waste Could it be Rob, this is Matt, and my contribution for this episode, I'll cut right to the chase. The artist in question is Lou Reed. Now, I realize that I'm supposed to like Lou Reed. He's this godfather of something or other. Um, He was in the Velvet Underground. I get it, but his music has never appealed to me. I don't like listening to him. And I realize this might get me banned from your show, might get me kicked off of that Facebook group got me high. However, I am a patron, so maybe my punishment won't be too severe. The song in question is Waves of Fear. Now, had you asked me, I don't know, 10 years ago what my favorite Lou Reed song was, I would probably say Street Hassle, but that's only because of the excellent version that Simple Minds has done. And when I did go check out the Lou Reed version, I really didn't like it. But I saw this uh, video on YouTube a few years back where this guy was talking about anti-guitar solos. And he brought up Robert Quine's solo on Waves of Fear. So I went to check it out. And it's just a cool song from that bass intro with the slides and the way the drum comes in. And then it's got this cool guitar riff. And then, of course, just the anti-guitar solo that's that's the best way to describe it so i have to give lou reed props for this one song but otherwise can't stand the guy thanks waves of fear attacking the night waves of revulsion sickening sights my heart's nearly bursting my chest choking tight waves of fear waves of fear Waves of fear squat on the floor Looking for some pill The liquor is gone Blood drips from my nose I can barely breathe Waves of fear I'm too scared to leave Waves of fear Waves of fear Waves of fear Waves of fear I'm too afraid to use the phone, I'm too afraid to put the light on I'm so afraid I've lost control, I'm suffocating without a word Crazy with sweat, spittle on my jaw What's that funny noise, what's that on the 
All right. Thank you so much, Matthew. And thank you to all the patrons who submitted for this episode. Thank you, Todd Nolan, Jeff Greenstein, Woody Compton, Marcia Potts, Corey DeBrowa, Larry DeSilviera, James McLaughlin, Tom Laurie, Paul Marfleet, Dan Bonebreak, Steve Carroll, Steve Michener, Mark Garita, the mysterious Mark Garita, and uh, of course, Matthew. And thanks to all our patrons. Uh, some, you know, you submit. Some some people don't submit to every uh, episode, but you can. You certainly can. But thanks to all the patrons. And don't forget, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash TRJMH to become a patron. Okay, so now for my pick. Some of you may be surprised. Uh, some of you know me won't be, but the band Wilco, the beloved band Wilco, I don't really like. I don't really like Wilco. I mean, I don't know what it is. I know so many of my friends just love Wilco. They love Jeff Tweedy, and I just never got into them. I just, I tried. People said, oh, tr- check this out, Wilco, and I don't know. For something for me, it just never grabbed me, and it just sounded like, ah, that's okay, but I don't know. I don't see what the big deal is. You know, so that was that, and that was my uh, that was my feelings about Wilco. And then one one night we had a show for a uh, departed friend of ours, Caesar Lavin, who uh, passed away very suddenly. It was a very sudden thing. He, you know, he was like our age, and uh, he suddenly passed. And he was like a drummer, great drummer, living. Uh, I got to know him in South Florida. So many of us did, but he was living in Chicago, and uh, it was just. Uh, just a terrible loss because he was such a great guy such a funny guy loved music uh, so anyway so we had this show as we often do we had a little memorial show for him just just to gather everyone together and remember Caesar and of course most of us are musicians so we played and we put together little bands and we played and uh, one of my friends Tony Landa who played with Caesar in Humbert in the band Humbert for many years I forget who else was playing. It was like a, a pickup band, probably, of, you know, all different musicians. But uh, Tony, who's a bass player usually, not not known to be a singer, but he went up and he sang a song. It was a song called California Stars. And uh, it was great. And it was such a great song. And it was just so heartfelt just singing it. And I felt like, I, I think this was probably a song that Caesar loved. That's that's the uh, That was the idea I got. And then some other people came up and sang uh, the chorus with Tony. And it was just beautiful. And then afterwards, I'm like, who is that? And then, and then someone told, "Well, you know, Rob, that's that band you hate. That's Wilco." And uh, wow! And then I checked it out, and of course it was. Although uh, technically, it, it is Wilco, and Jeff Tweedy did write the, the music to it and some of the lyrics. But the lyrics were actually written by Woody Guthrie, because uh, apparently this is an album that uh, Jeff Tweedy and Wilco did with Billy Bragg. So it was uh, Billy Bragg and Wilco. They did this whole album where they took uh, Woody Guthrie lyrics that, that were unearthed and they, and they made, uh, made them into songs. And this, this is that. So, and, and of course, and the actual version, uh, Billy Bragg and Wilco version of it is, is great. It's just great. It's just a great song. Very, it, it's like a simple song. A very simple song, but just, you know, one of these songs that I don't know if I love this song because I saw uh, my friends, Tony and my friends singing it for a departed friend, but that that probably has something to do with it. But that's the thing about music, right? It just grabs you. You hear something, and then a lot of times a song just uh, brings you back to a place. Maybe the first time you heard it or something. So that's what this song does. So uh, you know, I'll try again. Maybe I'll dig in more to. Uh, we'll go see if there's more songs I love. But but it's fine. If I don't, it's fine, right? But we have this song, California Stars. And once again, thanks to all the patrons. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy all my patrons, of course. 
And that's it. We'll see you guys the next uh, episode. I love all you guys. This is Rob Elba. 